When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of banners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So... We haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. A very warm welcome to all members of Beef's Golf Club. Thanks for joining us here at the Christmas party and the final episode of the series. If you'd like to put your coats over there in the cloakroom situated next to the kebab button, you can then head over to the bar where Mr Jimmy Anderson will serve you a complimentary pint of his finest Guinness. Other drinks are also available. But if ordering a carling, please do so with caution. And now, welcome your hosts to the microphone, Andrew Beef Johnson and John, the DPD FedEx man, Robbins. Yes, John, it's finally here, mate. It's the end of the series, but more importantly, it's Christmas! Yes, welcome everyone to Beef's Golf Club Christmas Party. Beef, I love the Santa outfit you've got. (laughs) Yeah, they always pick the chubby one, don't they? The fat one. And you put a little bit of talcum powder in your beard there. You're looking the part. You've got your big, uh, your big ball sack um, bursting with gifts for all of, the, uh, all of the golfers, all of the members here who want to come and sit on your knee for half an hour. How many, uh, how many uh, people have you had sat on your knee so far? And what have they been asking for? Well, the, the rate that it's gone, I mean, it's unbelievable. I've had probably about 600 members so far. Um, I would say 30% can I fix the slice. Yeah, yeah. A very high percentage again can, yeah, can I help them with their with their short game? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going wrong with my driver? What new irons, wedges, woods I should buy? Things like that. Yeah, it, it's been endless, to be honest. And um, I've made a lot of promises that I've probably... Uh, can't make come true and dreams that can't make come true to be honest well folks if you want to write to uh, Santa Beefmus uh, then you can email beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk with your Christmas list or even your New Year's resolutions uh, golf wise what are you not going to do next year what are you going to do next year and uh, we'll read them out in the new year and see how you're getting on 
John, haven't you even noticed who I've pulled in as a commentator for our Christmas party? The legendary Andrew Cotter. Have you not even heard that, or has that just gone over your head? I thought I must have been imagining it to have the Cotmaster himself uh, on the podcast. Yeah, he's incredible. When you think about, like, he just has that, that perfect voice, and then to go with the perfect voice, he's just absolutely brilliant. The scene here is, is quite extraordinary. Um, Jimmy Anderson is behind the bar, and you can tell that there's a little bit of Christmas spirit in the room, because someone ordered a Carling Shandy, and he didn't press the button sending them to the uh, alligator-filled pool. He merely just slapped them across the face. <laughs> and I thought that was very sweet of Jimmy. Uh, he just slapped them across the face, said, ho, 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 and, uh, and then just gave them a, a Spanish lager. Uh, also, we've got Spoonie trapped and suffocating in the jukebox, which is actually a more festive image than it sounds. He's loving it, uh, putting on everyone's favourite Christmas bangers. Beef, what have you uh, what have you selected on the uh, the spoon box? Oh, mate, um, just the, I, I told Spoonie basically do a whole Christmas mix. Yeah, I've told him basically one song ending is the next one starting, and he's got to mix every single Christmas song on loop until uh, the last member is left standing. What, so this is his job to sort of clear the dance floor with Christmas hits? <laughs> yeah, there's a time, isn't it? When it sort of gets to everyone's had enough, everyone's sort of finished, they've drunk too much, time to go home, bring on the Christmas songs, right? Yeah. Well, as Jimmy Anderson continues to man the pumps, if you look closely, you can see a figure resembling the European Ryder Cup captain Luke Donald, sitting with them, holding up his pint glass. He was the first person through when the doors opened, and he's been sitting at the bar the whole time, very possibly trying to rack up another record-breaking tab. Elsewhere tonight, we have Big Tom Davis rounding up the stragglers, who are trying to sneak a few extra balls in at the range. Now, when will they learn that any more than 50 is of no benefit whatsoever? Tom Davis in the uh, on the driving range. He's wearing a very sparkly hat, and he's put tinsel all around the baskets of fifty balls, which I thought was very nice. Very nice festive touch. And there are Christmas trees instead of targets on the range. <laughs> and the shank gong has been turned off um, to uh, to make sure no one feels bad this Christmas about their terrible shots. So we're all ready to rock. We're ready to go. Uh, it's lovely to see the members chipping in at the party. We're missing a couple, though. Have you heard from Kunal Beef? Wasn't he meant to be coming to run the clam karaoke? Yes, he was, but he's had to make a diversion. Basically, he sent me a message last minute saying, Beef, Merry Christmas, man. Listen, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. I was getting ready to come over. He's squeezed in a few holes, and what's he gone and done? He's had a bloody hole in one, so he's obviously made a diversion to Vegas, and he's not going to be here. Yep, rules are rules. Rules are rules, Kunal, and uh, that was your choice, was to say that everyone had to go to Vegas if they got a hole in one. So uh, I hope your luck carries on. Well, Beef, uh, Christmas is also a time for reflection, not just on our golf game, but on uh, the first year here at Beef's Golf Club. Uh, what are some of your uh, highlights and how have you found building your dream golf club? Oh, firstly, it's been so much fun. And I think to start off a blank canvas to where we've come building Beef's Golf Club, I think originally we were supposed to have two golf courses. Now we've got 
short game area range, the short rib course. I mean, it's all kicking off probably more. So, I mean, it's expanded. It's been amazing. The amount of members that have come over is just amazing. Um, I would probably say one of my highlights, though, was Billy Foster lying to Seve Ballesteros. Oh, yeah. The one thing I did years ago, I can't believe I did it. I'd never do it now, but I've been caddying for Seve for, I think I went in my fourth year or whatever, and um, he's playing St. Melian, which is a really tight golf course. You know, and from Seve the slasher that's all over the place, you know I mean? It was like, and he's got a two-shot lead playing the last over Nick Faldo and, and Gary O. So um, he stood in the middle of the last fairway. I'll never forget it. He had 184 metres, which is roughly 202 yards or something like that. And it was a front front left pin over the water. And all he's got to do is make a bogey and he wins the tournament. Faldo's already in the clubhouse. 184 metres. And, and I just knew it was like right on his limit for the big five iron. You know, because it was a bit of a damp day or whatever. And it's fun. I know he's going to attack it. He's not going to hit it right and three-point it and win because that's not the way Seve played. He'll like, I'm going to attack it. And I just thought, hey, this is a rip five iron here. I know what he's going to do. And if he misses any of it, it's in the water, we'll lose the tournament. So he had 184 metres. Really, how far we have? I said he got 190 metres, mate. Oh, okay, yeah. You like the four iron? I said, yeah, it's just a smooth four iron, mate. You know, <laughs> and he hit the four iron. <laughs> Unbelievably, it finished about six yard past the flag, about 15, 18 feet behind the hole. So if I give him the right yardage, he might have hauled it. But I actually give him six yards more. So it took the five iron out of the equation. Four iron, back half of the green, you win the tournament. And as it landed on the green, I just nudged him and went, I gave the wrong yard as well on purpose. <laughs> he didn't see, he did not see the funny side of it whatsoever. Let me, ha ha, you smart dalek, are you? You son of my bitch. Why are you listening to you? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That is gold. <laughs> that is. As I said, yeah, sometimes poker face, that is gold. That's a great anecdote, lying to Sebi. I have to say, speaking of blank canvases, one of my highlights has been all of the incredible illustrations that Doodle Mouse has done for us, uh, which we've put on social media. He's um, outlined what the uh, the fillet course is looking like, what the short rib is looking like. Yeah, they've been absolutely incredible. Again, it's something that I love and what Beef's Golf Club, what we wanted it to be about and being inclusive and everyone to come and join in. It's really sort of happened and gone that way, which is so exciting. And to have people like Doodle Mouse and all the listeners to send in their ideas and what they want to be a part of and getting people to play as well, turn up and pick up a golf club has been amazing and go and play. Yeah, I'm stunned, to be honest. I'm stunned how well uh, this series has gone. And also just, I would say the vibe the vibe that we, it's not us that have created the vibe, it's people uh, listening that create the vibe by telling us what they like about the golf club and also what they want from the golf clubs they go to, which unanimously has been a chilled out, inclusive place that welcomes people regardless of their gender, regardless of their ability, regardless of what they're wearing. And what's quite exciting is, let me think about it, for golf clubs outside of BGC, it's free. It doesn't cost anything to make a golf club inclusive, you know, and a lot of golf clubs, you know, don't have unlimited funds for sort of redoing all their bunkers or, you know, leveling out their tees or creating trackman ranges. But in order to make someone who steps in that front door feel like that's the place for them, it doesn't cost a penny. It's attitude. It's vibe. 
hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Actually, just comes to my head. I don't know why attitude and vibe has sprung sunk in my head, but another highlight was Female's Fart. Female's Fart. Attitude and vibe. Yeah, the key <laughs> words um, in Female's Fart, trumping uh, on the first tee. I, I have played with someone once who had a quite extraordinary attack of the trumps um, that he put down to eating... Uh, you know those... <laughs> You know those full English breakfasts you get in a can? <laughs> what? Have you ever been, you know, in the, like, the section of a supermarket where you get sort of Frey Bentos pies? You can also get, like, a curry in a can, a beef stew in a can, and you can get a full English breakfast in a can. So it's sort of beans, sausages, bacon, mushrooms. I mean, it sounds quite bleak, but it really is uh, quite quite a Trump creator. <laughs> to be honest, I've never <laughs> seen a full English breakfast in a can as well. You know it's not going to end well. No, no. But I tell you what I can see is 12 turkeys on an enormous grill uh, that we've got in the covered area out here at Beef's Golf Club because the snow has fallen, but the uh, the warmth of your barbecue is uh, cooking those turkeys up a treat. Oh, definitely. Look, it's all about it. Get It doesn't matter what you, <laughs> what time of year you barbecue it really doesn't matter. You can barbecue anytime. Get the turkeys on there. Room in the uh, oven for how many? How many roast potatoes are we going to need? Honestly, for this Christmas party, good few Ooh. thousand, right? Well, you know, even if it were two each, it's got to be fifteen hundred. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, barbecue would take the pressure off the oven. I did want to deep fry a turkey, but um, I've seen some videos and it's way too dangerous. We need one of those Subway convection ovens where you can just put a potato in for 30 seconds. Well, even that's going to take 10 hours. So actually, that's a terrible idea. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> Worst case, John, with the Christmas dinner, if you can get English breakfast from a can, maybe we just get Christmas dinners from a can, order 2,000 of them, leave it at that if it's too much hassle because I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to be panicking about undercooking a turkey, overcooking it. I just want to enjoy myself. So maybe we'll just do the cans. I don't know, man, because, you know, you've been giving it large about all the barbecuing and it's, the, it's certainly the meatiest time of the year. So I think if people arrive for Christmas dinner in a can, they might be thinking, hang on, he's got a YouTube channel about barbecuing and he's giving me, what, a 20p Christmas dinner in a can? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Good point. I'll fire up the barbecues. One more highlight for me, John is how fun it's been getting to know you as well. Oh, my blushes, my blushes. Is that the one that Ryan had to text you to remind you about? <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's texted me to remind me. Now, he's absolutely fucked me here, isn't he? Thanks, Ryan. Beef, just make sure you tell John that it's been nice getting to know him or he's going to be in a bad mood for this Christmas party. At least my face has gone as red as the Santa outfit. <laughs> Oh man, no, in all seriousness, the feeling is totally mutual. The amount of people that have come up to me and said, is he as nice as he sounds on the podcast? And I'm like, yeah, 100%. No, it's nice. And obviously, like, getting to know you, how witty you are, how much you've made me laugh over this series as well has been brilliant. And I can't wait to keep trying to help you to get you to single figures. And I can't wait to help design this chipper tattoo. <laughs> 
Well, John, I wanted to invite one of our listeners to come over and say hello. John, meet Sue. Hiya, Sue. Hey, John. How are you doing? I'm good. I saw you uh, saw you at the buffet casting your eye over the uh, Christmas finery and the Titleist Pro V1 stuffing balls. Uh, are you enjoying the party? <laughs> I am enjoying the party, yes. Uh, yeah, enjoying everything that's going on in the vibe of the clubhouse at the moment. So you started playing golf when? So I started in September 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah, the story goes where um, I and my partner used to take our little doggy for holidays and walks and... She passed away in the May of 2019, and we were like, oh, we've got to take a holiday. We were so upset. We've got to, you know, take a holiday somewhere. Hate laying in the sun. And we went, oh, let's go to Belek and play golf. We bought, like, a little 200-pound, um, one of these, you know, the, the, the golf easy, you know, the, the, and the bag, which is the, as cheap as you can get, and uh, went down to the, our local Horham Golf Club and had to get, get one of those... Um, bags that you take on the plane and and we saw that they'd had this this open day in September in in August and uh, we said oh we're going to Belek we'll see what it's like so we went out played played Belek absolutely fell in love with golf and then um, came back and went to this open day in in the August fell in love with the people more than the club it was like the people were just fantastic and then we joined in the September and I've been hooked ever since. So your was was your first round of golf at Belek, or had you, had you yeah, played before? Yeah, first round. No, I'd I'd lived in South Africa for many years, and I uh, had gone out with a friend once or twice to the range and hit a few balls. Um, but I've, I'd never been on a range. We'd never we'd never done anything like that in our lives before. How do you go though from not ever playing? How do you get on? Like, how did you do on the golf course? Because sometimes it takes someone like six months, a year of going to the range, getting some lessons before they even attempt getting on a golf course. How did you find that? It was, it was well, it was, I, because I'm a tennis coach, I'm a tennis player. So I think there's a bit of transferable skills from tennis to golf. So um, I don't know, the courses were empty. It was lovely. We were, in, it, we were in a buggy. So if it took us 10 shots off the tee, it didn't matter. We, we just had a good laugh. We just, every, you know, when you hit a good shot, we were like, oh, that was brilliant or a good putt or something. Just, yeah, we just had so much fun. Oh, that's amazing to go from just sort of, uh, you know, needing to pick a holiday to suddenly playing golf in Belek. That's that's fantastic. And uh, yeah. so glad that you fell in love with it out there, because if I'd have played a course like that, you know, a month after t- buying a set of golf clubs, I think I'd have never played golf again. Yeah, I mean, we, we lost a few <laughs> balls, that's for sure, but we'd had, we bought a whole lot of second-hand ones. That's so cool. I love that. I love the attitude, just, yeah, get out and go and have fun. Mm. I think that is, that's so important if you're going to start up any sport or any new hobby is you just got to go and have fun with it. That's the idea. Yeah. But what I will offer you, Sue, is some exchange for some golf lessons for tennis lessons. <laughs> Anytime, Beef. I will take you for a tennis lesson anytime as long as you come play golf with me <laughs> definitely done deal done deal my backhand stinks <laughs> also sue yes please. i've heard there's a big birthday coming up yes it, yeah there is so about three years ago i was watching the dp world tour at leper's creek and i just looked at that oh my god what a course and i said that is the course that i want to play it's got to be a bucket list or if i can get back to south africa on my 60th that's where I want to play. Um, so we've organised it, um, and I think it's the 21st of January we're playing. 
Um, and yeah, and I've, I've been glued to the TV uh, uh, watching Leopard Creek this week and just checking out all the holes and everything else. So right next to the Kruger National Park, Crocodile River, and that's going to be my, my big, big holiday um, bucket list. And then from there down to Clettenburg Bay to play some more golf. Honestly, it's one of my favourite golf courses in the world, without doubt. Yeah. I mean, they, the commentators were just, you know, every five minutes or so, they'd zoom in and there'd be an elephant or a zebra. And they're just saying, the best place on, you know, to with, with nature and golf to mix the two together. You know, they'll have Impala walking on the golf course, zebra, giraffe. Amazing. Oh, it sounds yeah. incredible. Sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, and also a great thing to have a... Uh, a golfing bucket list. So, uh, so if we send you some beefs golf club golf balls, will you will you lose them? Or uh, well, I'm not. I will I'm, lose not them. I'm not wishing. <laughs> I'm not wishing you ill on your course. But if if you do lose them, will you let us know if you lose them on Leopard's Creek? I certainly will. And um, the other course we're playing is Kakuza, which is right inside the Kruger Park. So um, I'll start off and I'll show you the balls. I'll take loads of photographs. And if it goes in anywhere near any lake or pond, I'm not going in there. There's hippos, crocodiles, no way. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, definitely. Send us loads of pics and have a great birthday and enjoy it. You're going to love it. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you so much, Sue. And uh, now you're, you're free to have a, a dance on the dance floor to some Christmas bangers that Spoonie's putting on. Oh, lovely. Thanks, John. Right, Beef, I'm feeling quite peckish after that chat, and the queue at the Christmas buffet here is so long. But I'm thinking about whether I want to uh, sample some club sandwiches, Beef, uh, even though I can't eat any of them because they've all got chicken in. So maybe you can uh, judge some of the clump sandwiches that uh, the people have brought in because we're having, you know how they have in Village Fates, they'll have like a sort of a vegetable growing competition. We're having a clump sandwich off here and Beef is the judge. He's got his bib on and um, I think you should come along with me to the table to see what people have sent in. Yeah, let's do it, mate. So uh, first off, Andy Reid has sent through a picture of the Sonning Golf Sandwich, as discussed earlier in the series. What are your thoughts, Beef? Does it look uh, worthy of being the first stop on the Club Sandwich Tour? Ah, well, the first thing I can see with this, the bread looks a bit dry. Well, I was going to say, Beef, Andy Reid did give it some about the quality of the sandwich. It does look dry throughout. I can't see any mayo. And what I think I can see, and I this is surely going to be controversial, is egg. Is that an egg? Egg with chicken. Doesn't that... Is it immoral to put chicken with egg? <laughs> There's something not quite right about chicken and egg in the same dish. <laughs> you know, it's good. At least it's got a solid filling in there. Oh, yeah, they've not skimped and the chips look lovely. And I do think it's got to come with chips. Don't give me any bloody crescent of salty crisps with it i want chips but i have to say andy i'm gonna need i'm gonna need a couple of pints of water with that a couple of pints of gunners uh to get that down the old neck because it does look dry yeah and half a bottle of mayonnaise i'd be squeezing some out on the side and dunking that sandwich by the looks of it okay what are we giving that out of 10 beef um because we are we are judging these i'm gonna give that six out of ten. Oh, that is 
we've got a high standard here, um, Andy, I'm afraid. But uh, six out of ten, you know, it's better than average. Yeah, I'd eat it. Yeah, next up we've got uh, Darren Wood. Uh, He says, this is the club sandwich from Hindley Hall Golf Club. And uh, he reckons it'll take some beating. He's attached a photo. Now, whereas the other one had egg, which was controversial... This has got grated cheese, beef, thoughts. These are real sort of curveball uh, recipes here. Yeah, we'll take some beating. I think it has had a beating, isn't it? Yeah, I've got to say presentation, not the strong point. Um, Because say what you like about Andy's version, it did have uh, some little wooden sticks in it, whereas this one does look a bit like it's been sat on. Yeah, the 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 levels. Whoever's filled this mm. hasn't levelled it very well because it looks like they've had a panic and they've shoved everything at the bottom. Realised that they've shoved everything at the bottom and gone, oh fuck, the third bit of bread and just shoved it on top. I've got to say, personally, and yeah, I've I've got no skin in the game here, but your slices of toasted bread have to be level. Oh, 100%. And like you said with the cheese, the more and more I look at it, that's grated cheese out of a packet, isn't it? That's not even yeah. fresh grated. Yeah, that's uh, that's out of a packet. Uh, uh, one of my pet hates is packet grated cheese. Though I have to say this one does look moister than the first entry beef. So what are you going to give it out of... Uh, and, and the chips are sort of... I would say they're equidistant between fries and potato wedges. Yeah, I quite like the look of the chips compared yeah, to the last one, to be honest. They look really good dunking chips. Mm. What are you giving that out of 10? Oh, man, it's in the same bracket, really, isn't it? It's another six, to be honest. Again, I'd eat it, but I would say to the chef, fuck the cheese out of it and get a knife and stop cutting stuff with an axe. I'm not sure I'd want to be the waiter giving that message, um, popping back <laughs> into the kitchen saying... Um, Chef, just a message from um, uh, table four, uh, the gentleman with the beard. He, he just says, can you fuck the cheese out of it? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is this is why I need you as the English tutor, John. <laughs> well, next up beef is Nick, who sent in the Diggle Lock Club sandwich, uh, which is breaded chicken. Uh, so what do you make of that? So there's basically fried chicken in there. It's missing a slice of bread. Is there any bacon in there? Oh, good point. Yeah, there is bacon. There is mayo. The bacon looks very nicely cooked. But I do... Uh, beef's got a very good point there, Nick. With That's a sandwich in the traditional sense. I don't think you can get away with a club sandwich by just putting two sandwiches on top of each other. It's got to be three slices of bread per sandwich, doesn't it, Beef? Has to be. That's that's the only thing. Again, 100% I'll eat it. It's making me hungry. It looks great. It does look... I, I personally think it looks the best so far because even though the chicken is not an even thickness, that hasn't um, caused the sandwich to lose integrity but who knows, maybe if they had added the extra slice of bread, it could have done. Yeah, definitely. Um, looking at that photo as well, first thing I would do is take the top slice off and I'd be chucking some hot sauce in there with that fried mm. chicken. Mm. What are you giving that? Well, look, it can't qualify for the World Club Sandwich Championships. <gasps> is it? Is it been defaulted? It's been default. I'm still going to rate it. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a seven. I'm still going to rate it. But if you put it into the World Club Sandwich, I can't even say it. The World Club Sandwich Championships, it won't qualify, will it? 
Yeah, I, th- I, I think Beef's got a point there. So um, apologies, Nick, from Digglelock. High score relatively, but uh, it, it can't take away the crown. Uh, finally, Steve Shooter has put forward a double-decker club sandwich, so six layers of bread. Uh, can you describe this, Beef? It's from uh, the Langham Golf Club in Pasadena, California. Yeah, he's definitely stolen all the tomatoes out of supermarket to make this one. They're double stacked. There's two slices of huge tomatoes on every bit. That's four massive pieces of tomato per half. Mm. Um, a whole lettuce in there. Are you noticing what I'm noticing? Which is that the bacon looks slightly under. Can you see the fat on that roll of bacon? <laughs> it looks quite white. Yeah, it's not crispy enough, is it? And I think that is what looks like roasted red pepper. Oh, just under the uh, second bit of bread from the top. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to clarify that if that's roasted pepper, then... It's got- I mean, it's going to add some nice sweetness to it, but... You don't put it in a club sandwich. You don't. It's also got what looks like melted uh, mozzarella. So, I I mean, for me, this has got to make up its mind. Are you a panini or are you a club sandwich? <laughs> but, uh, hey, extra points go for the size of the uh, portion of fries. So what are you giving that marks out of 10, Beef? I'm going to give it a six again. I mean, nothing, nothing. It hasn't wowed me. I would eat it. But like you said, I don't know whether to sort of put some mayonnaise on the side or some pesto with it. I'm a bit confused. Very good point. So, folks, no overall winner. And um, I'm afraid you're going to have to do better if you want to win the Beef's Golf Club Club Sandwich uh, World Cup. The standard's high. What can we say? Right, Beef, I'm sorry to bring it up when we're all in such a good mood, enjoying the uh, party atmosphere here, but we need to address the elephant in the room no Wahlberg at the party. There's a little place you've set aside and you've done him a little um, little name badge there to go on his seat. It's, but the cracker remains unpulled. The hat remains unused. And I saw you earlier really putting an effort in. You were ironing his doily. You were plumping up the little cushion you got there, the little letter you'd written him. And um, I'm afraid he hasn't shown. So... What are we going to do? It's been quite a saga. Um, we did invite him. Have Have you had any further communication? Uh, he, do we have to do this at the Christmas party? I'm just trying to have a good time, man. Well, people are starting to go, is anyone sitting there? Because I'd quite like to sit there. <laughs> you know when you're trying to sort of keep a big table free in a pub when it's busy? So I think we might need to pack away some of the stuff that we, you know, a big sack of presents you bought him. The big, the big life-size cardboard cutout of you and him hugging, which, which must have taken ages to Photoshop, is a little bit intense, if you ask me. But uh, I, I know, I know you, you've got to deal with snappy snaps. No, look, he did get back, and unfortunately, he's filming at the moment. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Mm. We haven't got him on, and I've really learned my lesson this series from piping up early at the beginning. So who I think I'm going to get on now, whenever we come back for series two, three, four or more, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And once they're locked in, 
That's what I'm going to tell you. Well, we'll, fingers crossed, be chatting to uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg in uh, Series 2. But speaking of Series 2, Beef, I do know what I am looking forward to the most is meeting you in Beef's Golf Club, having watched you on the TV, having analysed your prize money, having worked out <laughs> what sort of standard of living we can expect here at Beef's Golf Club when you're bringing in those checks. So... Where's your injury at and what's the timeline for being back on our screens um, hitting some shots? I'm hoping to be in the Middle East in January. I did, as I said, I did start playing again, but I was still having some some pain and I started um, like a hand strength rehab and it feels a lot better. I actually haven't hit any for a while just to sort of get used to the, the rehab and strengthening. So I'm hoping to be back in Jan. Uh, for the Middle East, um, I think it'll be three in the Middle East and a couple in Asia. So hopefully, I'll be, I'll be busy and coming back to Beef's Golf Club with a terrible forehead tan and uh, <laughs> a few checks. Well, when you are back on the course, what are the chances of you playing a tournament with a Beef's Golf Club golf ball? If we release some Pro V's, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you know that famous putt of Tiger's the Nike swoosh putt. Imagine if you hit something like that and the last bit on screen is just your face on the ball rolling into the hole and the crowd going crazy for you to win a tournament. Imagine that being replayed millions and millions of times and then it just saying, Beef's Golf Club, just do it. I would happily play with the logo on the ball. I mean, it's a total different marking, which is going to be different for everyone's. Maybe we'll get some made up and I'll start playing with it. Yeah, we could get Beef's Golf Club Golf Ball Tour Edition. That I would I would honestly, I'd play with it, wouldn't It'd make you smile, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, yeah. <laughs> make you smile. The rules are you've got to have markings on a golf ball so you can identify your golf ball. So you're never going to get the same marking. Also... Are me and producer Ryan going to get some AAA lanyards to be following you around the course? Oh, massively, yeah, 100%. I was thinking um, any potential week, maybe, I don't know, my caddy can't do, maybe you could chip in. Uh, yes, please. What are we talking, 5% of uh, gross earnings or 10% of net? Either of those is absolutely fine. <laughs> Well, that concludes the first part of Beef's Golf Club Christmas Party. We'll be back shortly after a quick dip in the beer baths, a top-up of our rock shandies, and a couple of messages from people very keen to sell you things. As the party moves on here at Beef's Golf Club, Ramesh Ranganathan has had to invent an emergency scenario to cover his attendance, as he appears to have promised that he would be home an hour ago. The phone is ringing, and he's hastily scrambling to assemble his props and fellow members to create the I've just saved someone's life scene. Good luck to Ramesh in your massive deceit. Back to you, Beef and John. Mate, seeing as it's Christmas... I thought it's a wise idea to chat about Christmas presents. Oh, yes. Golf Christmas presents is a real uh, sort of minefield, isn't it? What are some of the um, things you've been getting over the years and also 
we've had some complaints from our members regarding a certain lewd presence you did once receive. Yeah, I think it's even more worrying that the present was from my sister. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, some members have been writing in complaining of adverts cropping up in their devices, trying to sell them scrotum ball bag holders to buy as gifts this Christmas. And I think that puts to bed any kind of doubt about whether your phone is spying on you. That is insane. Because that's not the sort of thing you would suddenly get. Because it's not like anyone's been Googling it elsewhere and it's cookies in their browsers. That is us talking about the unfortunate scrotum ball bag holder and it now becoming a feature of people's online life. I swear they're like spying on for like information about like really serious security things and they're like listening in and they're going oh we might be onto something oh no they're talking about a scrotum ball bag holder well that's the depressing thing about like people have conspiracies about the government spying on you the government does not have the time or the energy or the resources to spy on you what's depressing is companies are spying on you to try and sell you stuff so there is the conspiracy is true you are being spied on but it's to sell you a scrotum ball bag holder that's the world we live in no one wants to find out what you're doing or where you're going they just want to sell you a scrotum ball bag holder if i got you one for christmas would you put it on your bag no of of course i wouldn't no i would not do that i would put it in my bin Warms if it was personalised. From Beef to John. If you signed it, and if it was modelled on your scrotum. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, still in the bin. Still in the bin. But yeah, I mean, you must have been bought so many golf things over the years. What have have been some of the highlights and lowlights? You know, like you get like the really bad cooking set with the, uh, they come with like a, like almost like golf grips on them. So you'd get like um, a spatula, maybe like a mashed potato thing, something like that. And it comes in basically like a set with golf grips. It's a bad present, man. Oh, yeah. I can see them now. No, they don't look good. Have you had any other bad Christmas presents? Um, I'm, qu- I'm quite easy to buy for in that I say, just get me this. Get me, transfer me the money and I'll buy it myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I hate the idea of someone wasting money on something I'm not going to use. So like every year, Christmas in my family is basically working out how much money we owe each other and, uh, <laughs> and baxing each other the amount. And we've had some great messages in from people with their bad Christmas presents. Uh, Frankie says, I once got bought some golf ball finder glasses massive blue ugly things have you seen these beef i've come across them yeah i don't get it well i think they're to make the white balls show up apparently they don't work (laughs) also the idea that you would actually put space in your bag for these awful glasses just to find a golf ball i'll say the only good use for for them is they're absolutely massive so it's almost like you could put them on and cover your face in embarrassment Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> From losing the golf ball. Yeah, keep you anonymous. <laughs> the next one is um, from Sam. He says, I got given a Chip the Heckler singing golf bag one Christmas. I challenge you to find a worse present anywhere. And it is, I tell you what, we certainly should get this for Tony Bellew. 
I've got to check it out. Fucking hell. It's a little blue motorised golf bag that wiggles around and sort of uh, takes the mickey out of you in uh, an Irish accent. I imagine it would last perhaps 10 minutes before part of it broke, but it's pretty gruesome. It is. You've hit the nail on the head, though. It's the perfect present for Tony Bellew. Yeah. We need to get them all lined up on the tee when he's taking his first tee shot. (laughs) Like a hundred of them. Yeah. (laughs) I reckon a good piece of advice if you're looking for presents for a golfer is don't get anything associated with the word novelty. (laughs) Yeah, Paul Sadler says the worst present is those novelty golf balls, the ones that look like balls from other sports. Yeah, all those ones with, like, emojis on. Why would you play with an emoji golf ball? Because you've given up on life, I think. They must be (laughs) rock solid, those balls. (laughs) Uh, How much would you have to be paid to play with one on tour if it was a tight list poo emoji golf ball? Million quid? Oh, come on. What, you wouldn't wouldn't do it for 900 grand? (laughs) You said name a price. So, of course, what, you're going to say, oh, yeah, you wouldn't do it for 900. No, a million quid. And then I could play with, like, a whole emoji face on there, the laughing one or whatever. I don't care what emoji face. I'll play with them. Like, (laughs) Titleist could turn around and say, this week you're playing with... The angry face on yeah. it. Okay, I don't give a shit. You're paying me a million quid, whatever. It's still a pro V. Who gives a shit? Fair enough. So if you've got a million pounds uh, and you want to uh, give it to Beef, uh, you get to choose what he has on his golf ball. Uh, Justin says, someone from work bought me one of those mugs that comes with a small club and ball and has a tunnel that you put through. Decent present, Justin says. Hey, I'm going to have a look at this. I've never come across one. Yeah, so... um I put a cup that you can put a golf ball through and the first thing that come up was um, a nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> God. How long does it take to clear this cash? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. I mean, it'd be good for about three minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. What I do agree with this, though, Gareth McCarthy says, one of those shitty toilet golf games. Oh, I've seen those, yeah. Little putting things that you play from the toilet. That's pretty bleak. I, I would definitely take um, the mug over that thing. That That's a shocker. If anyone gets one of them putting games put in the toilet, please send it in and we can potentially name and shame who uh, bought that Christmas present and find out who actually really doesn't like you. Oh, this is great from Jamie. He says, my dad doesn't know it yet, but he'll be getting a yellow and a red card for Christmas as a hint. He'll know what it means. That's fantastic. (laughs) Brilliant. I wonder how many people will be getting Beef's Golf Club yellow and red cards this year. We should should make them. It's another thing for the merch pile. Beef's Golf Club yellow and red cards. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'm also terrified of uh, being on the same level as all these... uh Really bad presents. I think that'd be a good one. Maybe next year we can have such an impressive range of merch that it's impossible to go wrong if you're buying from Beef's Golf Club. It's such a big selection. You'll never need to go anywhere else for a golf gift. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Finally, Beef, did you see the picture of the Beef's Golf Club bauble that one of our members created? Uh, Chris, spelled C-R-Y-Z, which is very futuristic, uh, sent it in. It's a round orange bauble with your face on it. 
Yeah, I did see it. Oh, it's proper cool. I mean, I wouldn't put it on my own tree because that would be weird. But looking at the picture, it looks like I'm absolutely belting like a love ballad out or something. I like, I think it could also work as a little stamp because it's carved out. So you could put some ink on it and then that could, that could be your signature for when you're at golfing events. And on this... Uh, we've had a message from Adrienne. Uh, it says, Hi, Beef and John. Loving the podcast. I just wanted to ask if Beef remembers getting a present from me whilst at Wentworth Pro-Am in September 2019. Uh, the present was a baby grow that I had made for Harley Nicole that said, Baby Lean Beef. All the best, Adrian. I remember it. We've obviously moved country since then. And Jody will know where it is. I don't know where anything is. We have that conversation every day. Have you seen, where's my wallet? Where's my keys? Where's my phone? Have you seen this? Where's that? Where? So she'll know where it is. I'm terrible for putting stuff anywhere. So I can confirm that, uh, Adrian. Beef is pretty scatty, I would say. Um, I, what you need, Beef, is like a 24-7 life caddy. <laughs> It'd be a dream. <laughs> like someone to go, here's how your phone works. Someone to catch your phone when you throw it at the wall. Uh, someone to move your laptop away from the roof leaks, all the, all those kinds of things that a, a caddy would do out on the course. Uh, but rest assured, uh, Adrian, Beef does remember it, and it is somewhere in one of his houses. <laughs> no, it was, it was. It was a really lovely gift, and I, I do remember it, and thank you very much. Well, we've got some activity over by the exit doors. Tony Fina appears to be leaving, having been here for his full 3-hour 15 limit. He waves over at Billy Foster, who appears to reply with an expletive-laden Merry Christmas in the voice of Seve Ballesteros, and he takes his leave. Cheers, Tony. Have a good one, mate. Well, Beef, I think it's time we chatted to another one of our members. Do you remember James Henshaw from earlier in the series? He had brain and spine surgery and is on a mission to break 100. Well, we sent him an invite to the Christmas party and I can see him at the bar trying to chat up Jimmy Anderson, which I can understand. Uh, so should we bring him over and check on his progress? All right, James. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Cheers, Beef. How are you, buddy? You well? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Having a blast uh, at the party tonight. Managed to not get overexcited and peak too early so i'm doing all right james welcome uh to beef's golf club have you found being a member over the past couple of months you know what it's been an absolute blast um it's kind of like because i got into listening to the podcast because i was very very new to the game but the the online community is brilliant the interviews you guys have been doing as well has been really insightful so it's been yeah it's been good fun and it's also nice to know that there is space for crap players like me out there well, you, apparently you're on a mission to break 100. How's it going? So I get so close. So 106 the other day, um, which was frustrating. Uh, annoyingly, without bringing out the red cards or yellow cards, um, one of the holes um, on the 106 round, I actually scored 14, which up to then I'd been kind of racking up sevens and eights and stuff. So that was that was pretty frustrating. Mate, It's when, when we read out your email and the perseverance of finishing every hole to do that and like that desire i mean you, you you'll break 100 next year whether like even if you went up the range here and there and just hit a few golf balls or whatever it was you, you'll be breaking 100 next year no doubt mate uh, i mean it was such an inspiring email ah cheers thank you well i don't normally send in emails like that but i think kind of within the 
the space and the community that you guys were bringing. It kind of felt it felt a bit natural. And if anything, going back to the breaking a hundred malarkey, I'm pretty stubborn. I don't like not having. If I didn't put out every hole, then the card wouldn't give me an accurate representation of what I'm doing. So even if that hole is 14, even if it's 11 or 10 or whatever, I've got to kind of see in my head. I've got to see what I'm actually doing. Otherwise, what's the point? So there's kind of a little bit of um, there's the tenacious aspect of it, but also there's the stubbornness as well. I'd be lying if I said if I didn't say I was pretty stubborn. Where do you find like the hardest part of the game, or the part you struggle with the most, and and your strongest part as well? So I would say um, the short game's been my been my hardest part. I think like any kind of body that's new, I think the first thing you do is go up the driving range and start blasting drivers and stuff like that. So I was kind of, um, for a long time, I was slicing balls and I've kind of managed to get that pretty central. I can't hit them far because of issues with my neck and stuff. So even with a driver, I'm only hitting 180 yards-ish and with a six, probably 150. Go and see a swing coach on Wednesday because again, one of my biggest issues is topping the ball. Uh-huh. Um, probably top the ball more often than I should be doing. And again, you know, if I can shave one shot, two shots per hole, one shot on the putting, putting and chipping, and then one shot off the fairway with the topping, I think I'd be there. Yeah, hundred percent. When you go for your lessons, uh, hopefully you walk out there with sort of one or two things just to go and work on. Yeah, and. I always ask for a coach. My bit of advice would be just for to go away with a feeling as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. For what they're trying to do, and if you can just like feel it, and it could be like anything. It could be in your setup. It could just be taking the club away, the first bit of the swing, whatever it is. Just to have them little feelings and routines, so then you can go away and just practice mm. them without thinking too much and having six, seven different things in your head. Yeah. We sent you some uh, Beefs Golf Club golf balls. Have you used them and have you lost them yet? I have. I've lost one. How oh, fantastic. Where do you lose it? So at Kilton Forest Golf Club in uh, in Worksop, which is kind of one of the closer clubs to me. I think it was one of Tim, Tim Westwood's from Worksop and I think it was one of his ones. But I couldn't bring myself to use a second one and lose a second one that day. Tim Westwood. So, yeah, Tim Westwood, not Tim Westwood, Lee Westwood. <laughs> Tim, that'd be the most bizarrest golf round of golf ever, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, Jesus. he'd probably have been banned from the course by now. Uh, I don't know, not in workshop, maybe, sadly. Um, <laughs> well, if you are anywhere near uh, Kilton Forest Golf Club, get searching. See if you can be the first person to find a Beefs Golf Club golf ball. Do they want to know where it is? Uh, I th- Which hole? I think, yeah, yeah, let's give them the hole. Hole one. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Off the tee. Lovely stuff. Well, before you go, James, thank you so much for joining us, but we are going to allow you to add a rule to Beef's Golf Club uh, as uh, as a new member, as a higher handicapper. It's just as important that you'll, your rules are observed. So what are you going to go for? So I've been thinking about this rule a lot, and this is one of those self-governing rules, and it is check your vibe. So what I mean by check your vibe is that as a new player or even as a more experienced player, when you're new to a club or to a course, it can be pretty intimidating. And sometimes you can have interactions with folks that can really ruin that fun by them not acting in a way that's conducive to a friendly environment, by them being passive aggressive, maybe a bit snotty or even a little bit loutish sometimes. Everyone should be considerate to each other. And I think that gets to the heart of the community that you're building at Beef's Golf Club. Are you acting in a way that supports the community feel? 
Are you acting in a way that makes people feel welcome and in a way that helps everyone have a good time? That's fantastic. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, what a wonderful rule to add to the board. Check your vibe. Yeah, 100%. Like I, I say it a lot. And when you're starting out something new and going into a different environment, it can be quite intimidating. And always the people that have been there a long time know how everything works. People, <laughs> new people won't until they sort of get to know the place and and the surroundings and yeah they they really need to lighten up and understand that people are learning here it's new and instead of making just stupid comments is actually make helpful comments yeah to get people feeling included into into that community I, I think it's I think it's so important like I've said before I've had friends who have teed it up and someone's come out and said something to them and they've never played golf again so it, it's important that everyone's aware of what they're doing absolutely thank you so much for joining us James and you're now free to go and mingle at the Christmas party uh, and grab yourself uh, a drink and some food so uh, welcome welcome to the show and uh, if you find that ball on the first tee at Kilton Forest take a photo and let us know thank you very much guys appreciate it well, some guests appear to be grabbing their coats and starting to head off into the night, full to the brim with deep-fried Ferrero Rochers. Jimmy's beginning to look a little stressed as we've run out of carling and the trapdoor hinges have jammed due to overuse. Fantastic rule uh, added by James there, going up on the Board of Commandments. And the Board of Commandments has been a constant feature of Beef's Golf Club uh, over this first series, and it's shaping up really nicely. So should we have a final refresh, Beef? Yeah, let's do it, man. So emblazoned here in a beautiful mahogany board uh, is the rules of Beef's Golf Club. Uh, first up, the dress code is have a little look in the mirror, mate. Uh, secondly, the yellow and red card system for discussing your round. Third, no phones on the course except for golf business and emergencies. Uh, Tom Davis's rule is a 50 ball driving range limit for amateurs. No portraits of creepy captains. No unsolicited swing advice. Kunal's rule was if you get a hole in one, you have to go to Vegas immediately. Tony's rule, if you go over three hours 15, Tony Finau will come round and politely eject you from the club. Uh, Luke Donald's rule was if you're going to bet on the course, you have to have the money with you. No IOUs. Uh, Jimmy Anderson, his rule was a trap door for if someone orders a carling. And no aim point on the uh, putting greens. Thou shalt not triple practice swing. No heckling Tony Bellew. No speaking to someone if they're wearing a don't ask hat, which will be available from the Beef Golf Club merch store very soon. And finally, James's rule, check your vibe. So which has been your favourite rule, Beef? I do like the 50 balls. I do like that. I think the swing advice is really important. We've seen a few people and it's, it's like you tell everyone, it's not helpful Stop telling someone, stop lifting their head up or what they're doing wrong. Just let them figure it out unless they ask. So I like that one. Uh, so by my calculations, that's 14 rules in the Series 1 Board of Commandments. Beef, should we make it 15, one for each episode? And as our chairman and leader, would you like to add more one rule to the board? Oh, I think we should have something like help each other out. Be in festive mood, Christmas and giving. Just help each other out on a golf course. Yes. I think there's, 
like like similar to what James said, there's too many people who are off, sort of do their own thing, look at a newcomer, just help them out, spread a bit of love in the club. I would draw the line at helping someone look for their golf ball for more than three minutes. <laughs> Even if you're playing as a friendly one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If the ball's gone, it's gone. All right. Well, help them out in a different way. Just give them another ball. Oh, do you know what rule I would have? No looking for balls that have gone way out of bounds that you know <laughs> are out of bounds. Come on. I mean, people going down like into ditches, into forests. Just it's gone, man. It's gone. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. When it's when it is, it's out of the golf course. Yeah. The amount of time wasted by people going, oh, that was a that was a Srixen. Come on, mate. You learn to keep them on the course. <laughs> falling yeah. down breaking your ankle looking for a golf ball that you found anyway definitely there it is so how about help each other out unless it's looking for a golf ball that's clearly out of bounds definitely I mean like help people out as well like if they're having a bit of a mare maybe pick up their bag put it in a good place to move on to the next hole push their trolley if they're doing something or they're faffing to speed up a bit of play Little bits like that, but yeah, if you've if you smacked your golf ball out of the golf course into someone's kitchen, just accept that it's gone. So members are making their way to the on-site apartments here at the club, ready for their early tea times tomorrow on the fillet, mince and short rib courses. And our hosts are preparing to say their goodbyes. Well, Beef, it's been a wonderful party, um, but we'd better wrap up because we haven't got a late licence and we don't want uh, Birmingham Council breathing down our necks. Um, also, we don't want our neighbours to start complaining. They've had enough problems with their windows on the on the 4th. I mean, it was it was silly, really, to have to play over a house uh, on the uh, on the mints course, but people have got to learn. People have got to learn. Um, so it's been fantastic getting to know each other. It's been wonderful to welcome you all to Beef's Golf Club over this series. And this is just the start. We're going to be back bigger and better than ever next year. Will I be fing- single figures, do you reckon, Beef, some point over the next series? Yeah, definitely. I think a little bit of winter practice, come out the doors flying, April time. Yeah, you'll be ready, mate. Will we get our first photographic evidence of a Beef's Golf Club golf ball being found somewhere, do you think? Yeah, definitely, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think um, there's going to be quite a few found and quite a few traced back, which I'm really excited about. And of course, we'll be having more great guests chatting all things golf, hearing from you, and fingers crossed be uh, seeing Beef on TV, talking to him about how the tour's working out. And uh, we can't wait to see you then. So for now, Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a fantastic new year and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Merry Christmas, everyone. And like John said, let's all have a good new year. Take care. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.